Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Today, I want to talk to you about what happens after the re- resurrection. Because you say, well, Jesus died. He suffered. He died. He rose again. Praise God. That's good news. That's great news. It's eternal news. But what now? So the title of today's message is The Empty Tomb. But I guess my subtitle is, well, what's next? What's next? You say, well, I believe now. So what's next? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. And Paul was such a brilliant guy. God used his mind. God always uses our gifts, whatever they are. And he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this infallible scripture here. And he's reasoning with the folks in Corinth. He says, but tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead... Why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? Are y'all with me? Why are you saying that? Why are you going against what we've been preaching, what we've learned? Man, we know the truth here. Why are you saying there's no resurrection of the dead? For there is no re- if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. It, that's the problem, right? We'll get into some more of that here in a minute. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. Hmm. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no what? No resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. Oh, man. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. Why? Because it means he didn't he he wasn't who he said he was. If he is not risen from the dead, then we're in trouble with sin and guilt and sickness and poverty and the curse and everything else. You say, man, God has God has delivered me from demons. Oh, man, that that means he didn't have any authority over those demons if he's not if if he's not raised from the dead. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. My goodness, he is going off here. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Hmm. But in fact, someone say, but in fact, I love this. Christ has been raised from the dead. Let me say it again. Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Wow. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, remember Adam? Now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Praise God. Scripture calls him the second Adam. He's beginning, a, he's beginning it all again, Jesus is. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given what? New life. Wow. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ, Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. You'll have a glorified body like him. That's amazing. And you remember Jesus' glorified body? He'd sit down and eat, right? But then he'd walk through a wall, disappear. He had all the strengths of being fully alive in human form, but he had all the strengths and abilities and powers of being fully alive in God's spirit form. So he could eat and drink and hang out and disappear, show up. He appeared to many people after his resurrection. So then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Let's pray briefly. Lord, we thank you for your word today. I thank you that your word is truth and life and hope and power and anointing. And Lord God, I thank you for the word 
I thank you for the word. It is made alive in us when we speak it. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in us according to faith. And because of your grace, God, we honor you today. Let your word fall on good ground. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Someone said? Amen. So put this on the screen, if you would, the cross and the resurrection. Those are powerful things. The cross is amazing. Of course, the cross has eternal implications. Of course, of course, the cross dealt with our sin. It dealt with death. It dealt with all the accusations made against us. Scripture says all the accusations, all the guilt and condemnation that was written against us because of our sin has been nailed to the cross and crucified with Christ. So the cross, it takes care of our past and our present sin and our relationship issues with God, doesn't it? That's a powerful thing. The cross takes care of that, but you have to believe and you have to live it. But then the resurrection, it, it is very forward-looking. The resurrection gives you hope for the future. You say, okay, my sin has been dealt with. What now? You know, like the empty tomb. He said, the empty tomb, what's next? Well, praise God, there's good news. The resurrection takes care of our future. The lamb and the cross took away our sin when we believed, but the resurrection is our internal hope. You have a future with God. We're not like those from the world who live without God and without hope. Some people say, well, man, why, why are they drug addicted? Why are they struggling with substances? Man, if I didn't have God, if I didn't know God, I would struggle with substances too. People do it because they're hurt, because they're rejected, and because they've lost hope. People say there is no tomorrow. Scripture says that the Epicureans said, eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. You say, man, how could I live a life without hope? You really can't. Have you ever met some, someone who's lost hope? They're hard to deal with. Anger sets in. Bitterness sets in. Hopelessness. You say, well, without hope. Yeah, but hopelessness to me. You say, I have no hope, but hopelessness is depressing. Some of you have struggled through times in your life, and you said, man, and the devil would lie to you maybe, and your mind would lie to you. You say, but there's nothing to look forward to. Dear brother, dear sister, man and woman of God, there's always something to look forward to. Always something to look forward to. There is always a light at the end of the tunnel because God is faithful. He is righteous. He is just. He is compassionate and full of love. And he has an amazing plan for you. And his plan's not over just because you've messed up. I don't know who this is for. It may not be for you in the house today. It might be for someone on the live stream. His plan is not over for you just because you messed up. Some people say, man, I married the wrong guy. I married the wrong girl. Well, they're the right one now. You've got to make it work in Jesus' name. They have officially become God's will. Work it out. You can read all that in Scripture. I'm not going to get into all of it. No more excuses. I'm going to start hitting on this in the coming weeks. We'll see what, what next month brings, May, the, the new series. But people have so many excuses. Many times we hide behind our excuses for not serving God. Say, well, it's my ex was a nuthead. My ex did this to me. I'm still heartbroken. Or, man, it's my boss. He won't leave me alone. Or she won't leave me alone. Or, man, it's my kids. I'd serve God, but, man, my kids have me all distracted. No, no more excuses. You have the cross, and now you have the resurrection of Jesus. And because of the resurrection, you can look forward. It's very forward-looking. You have hope for the future. Let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning for his glory. For his glory. Say, what's the big deal about the resurrection? Eternity. I'm not one of those who believes, well, you just, 
where you just, <clears throat> that's it. You die and just, that's it. It's oblivion. It's nothing. People who believe that way, they reverse engineer it all the way to their present circumstances and say, well, we're just animals, so we can just live how we want. No, you were created in God's image. And last time I read, God is not an animal. He created, male and female, he created them in his likeness and in his image. And you were always worth it to God so that you could be able to live and spend eternity in heaven with him. He didn't just create, can you imagine God created someone and something in his image and his likeness and said, well, just let them, just whatever. Just whatever. No, he's never given up on you. He's never given up hope on you, even though, man, humans are hard to deal with. Have you noticed? Some of you are hard to deal with sometimes, huh? I have my moments, too. Let's talk about it for a minute. But thank God for the resurrection. There is hope. There is hope for you to be Christ-like because Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. Someone say the cross and the resurrection. Sin has been taken care of now. Your present is covered. Now you have a future to look forward to. Someone say with me, real quickly say, I believe in the future God has for me. Someone say this. Say, he that began a good work in me will finish it. Say, he that began something good in my life and in my family We'll bring it to completion. Praise God. The cross and the resurrection. That's good news. So it's not just an empty tomb. I've been there. You say, well, the tomb's empty. What else are we going to do now? He, you can't find him. Archaeologists have never found the body or the bones of Jesus. They can't find him because he got up out of that tomb. He walked away from it. But beyond that, why did he walk, walk away? What's the significance of that? Oh, man, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to point two. You'll see yourselves in this lady. Mary Magdalene. She said, man, I'm not anything like her. Well, here's what's powerful about Mary Magdalene and Matthew. I'm going to bring them up. My namesake, I always talk about Matthew is the best book of the Bible. But Matthew was up there with Mary Magdalene for, man, being a character. Matthew had an entourage. He was a tax collector. Tax collectors were notorious and infamous and hated. They had soldiers guarding them. They had women following them. They had parties. They had money. They taxed people whatever they wanted to. They had it all, and they thought they were above the law, and they were untouchable. One day, Jesus told Matthew, come and follow me. But he also had that same experience with Mary Magdalene. Scripture says he cast seven demons out of her. It's implied in Scripture that she was a woman of the streets. She was a prostitute, an immoral woman. Well, you say, well, although that's really immoral. Well, there are men and women of the streets, people of God. But God chose to use her life as an example. Man, she could have been arguably the roughest of the bunch. Her and Matthew, man. Matthew, if, if anything, he was tied with her. He was a close second, or like I've been saying lately, he was 1.2, right? He was just right after her. He was right with her. But, man, she'd had demons cast out of her. And so you say, why on earth would, why would Jesus appear to her first? Let's go to John chapter 20, verse 11. There's something powerful here, and I want you to grasp it. A man of God brought this up in passing, and he was talking about a mes message he was going to preach. But, man, some of the things he said inspired me. This is probably nothing like the message he would have preached, but some of the things he said became a revelation to me. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. Say, why did she go? Why did she love Jesus so much? She'd been forgiven and delivered from so much. 
She's standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. Imagine this, if you will. She looks into the tomb. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they have laid him or where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. Now, I need you to understand that Mary only knew Jesus in his physical pre-glorified body. This would have happened to me and you as well. I'm telling you right now, there are, you ever seen someone and you knew that you knew them, but they had a hat on or they got their head shaved or something happened and you go, you didn't, you're like, did I walk by? It happened to me. Had people that had grown up with me and they would walk. It still happens. I put on a hat sometimes and I disappear. It's crazy. People walk right by me. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And others, they just go, oh, hey, Matt, what's going on? Or when I changed my hairstyle 20 years ago, they say, oh, hi. And nothing rattles them. But sometimes people catch you in a different place and different clothes, looking a little different. They don't recognize you. Imagine Jesus. He lived in a body on planet Earth, all God and all human. But now he had just risen from the grave. He would have been hard to recognize. He looked different. He was still himself. But, oh, man, he was all of himself. He had come into his full standing exactly who he had planned to be all along, the risen Savior. Only he, only he could have resurrected and, and delivered you. Only he could have resurrected and delivered Mary Magdalene. So here she is. God is making a point here. Some of you say, man, God can't forgive me. I don't know. Am I going to stay delivered? She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? He asked the same question as the angels. Jesus asked her that. Who are you looking for? God's so powerful because he always asks questions that he knows the answers to. Have you noticed that? He did that to Adam and Eve in the garden. Where are you? He knows where you are. He's trying to get you to answer. You to make your defense. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Can you believe that? Sir, she said. All she cared about was seeing him again. All she cared about was seeing her Jesus again. The one who had received her gifts and her love and her honor. The one who had treated her like no man had ever treated her. He never took advantage of her. He never made improper advances. He loved her. He was a father to her. She said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Think about that. She was crazy in love with Jesus. And it just took one word from the king of kings and the master of the universe. He said, Mary. She turned to him and cried out. She recognized. She said, I know how he calls my name. Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said. You know she was all up on him, ready to hug him, right? Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them. He told her, the woman who had lived an immoral life, the woman from whom he had cast out seven devils, he told her, and this is a powerful significance in scripture he wanted to prove to her in the world in the future and you on this sunday morning that he is who he said he was he said by just calling her name by just saying mary he said you're going to stay delivered mary can you imagine the thought she had at his death and afterward those three days i know he had predicted his death to his disciples they knew 
But what would it have meant? They, he'd been talking to them for months and years. They said, yeah, I know he said he's going to die, but they were, didn't catch the other part that he said he's going to rise again. So when she thought he died, she's wondering, man, will I still be able to stay free? Am I going to go back to who I was? Some of you in here this morning, you say, man, Pastor Matt, you don't know what it's like. I may not. But God does. Why did he reveal himself to man, one of the roughest of the bunch? And a woman at that. Women were second-class citizens at that time. Paul had not spoken those powerful and famous words that in Christ there's no male or female, no Hebrew or Greek. We are all one in Christ. He had not spoken those words yet. Jesus came to break barriers. Forget the glass ceiling. Barriers to God and equality in God's eyes. She wondered. She said, man, am I going to go back to all these men? Am I going to run out of money now? Which it's interesting. She was one of them that seemed like she was one of them that supported Jesus' ministry. So, you know, she had some money maybe. But here she is going, am I going to have to go back to my old life? If he's dead, the one that spoke all these powerful truths over us, is it going to go back to how it was before? Is it just going to be day after day in religion and the Pharisees condemning me? But Jesus said, Mary. And he spoke to her. And he gave her a message, made her the first preacher of the New Testament, the former sinner. He said, go find my brothers and tell them. That's another powerful statement. He's saying, now his disciples are his brothers. Wow. Tell them I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. He was also speaking to her in that moment. He called her name and he said, I'm going to my father and your father, my God and your God. I've made a way now. I did it. Just like I promised. And you, ooh, I don't know who this is for this morning. You say, I have battled all these years, Pastor Matt. It's because you haven't pressed in hard enough. Because he did everything he possibly could for you. Some of you say, man, I'm still struggling. Then do exactly the advice that you've been given by God, by authority, by pastors, by men and women of God, Bible study leaders. Do what they've said. People go, it doesn't work, and they've never done it. It's like me saying, I'll never be able to bench this certain weight, and I never got into the gym. Man, we benched all kind of weight back in the day. Little skinny dude in there, I was in there, and Barry was my trainer for several years, and it was crazy what I was able to bench at low weights because we'd practiced and we'd done it. How dare people say it doesn't work and they've never obeyed God? How dare people say he doesn't save and heal and deliver and they've never stepped into it and pushed in? Say it doesn't work. Yeah, but you spend six hours a day on Facebook and 13 seconds in the Word. On Facebook Live, right? You're good for now. Do not cancel the connection. Over. You know what I mean, though. We spend so much time doing all these other things. And yes, we should cry out to God when we need him. But man, seek him now whether you think you need him or not. Because you do. He is your very lifeblood. He's your very essence. You have his DNA now that you've accepted Jesus. How is it that you would accept Jesus and they go, yeah, we're married. I'm the bride of Christ now, but I'll see you later. See you at the marriage feast. We're married now, but I'll just see you whenever I go to heaven. No. 
Just like I got married to be with my wife, in the same way I was married to Christ scripturally, spiritually, so that I could be part of his church, part of his body, so I can spend time with him. Oh, Mary Magdalene is such a good example of all of this stuff. It's amazing. This was to prove, i got to say it again, it's no accident, that she saw Jesus. She saw the resurrected Jesus first. It was to prove and confirm to her and all generations you included for all time that Jesus was exactly who he said he was. Let's go to Matthew 28, 18. He came and told his disciples what? I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Mm -hmm. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always. Some of you got to remember that. You felt alone lately? He's still with you. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. Guess what? You will stay delivered. You will stay free. You will stay healed. You will stay saved if you want to. You say, I accepted his gift, but I'm done. No, well, that's between you and God. No. If you want to walk with God, then you will walk with him. People say, I can't. No, you just haven't, you just haven't applied yourself. I can't. What? He was on the cross, man. What do, you, what do you mean you can't? He has the power. He lived it. He proved it. He promised it. He said it. He has the power to keep you saved, delivered, and healed. He has the power and authority to change you and keep you. And I move into my third point today. Mm, my third point. Look at this. We are living proof that Jesus is alive. You say, how on earth? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 14. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. So see, you got to let sin go, huh? This blows away all that stuff about people misusing the word grace. They think grace is a, is a sin pass. No, that's not what that is. You're going to make mistakes, but you're not going to practice sin. Since we be believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Hmm. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Stop there. If everything you do is for yourself, you have a problem, sister. You have a problem, brother. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. I've met people before that they only do stuff if it benefits them. That is totally anti-Christian. That is against God, his ways, his kingdom, his plan, his word, against the life that Jesus lived. You've been called to not just live for yourself. You've got to take care of yourself, but you've been called to live for others. So the question is, how can you serve? What can you do? What can you do to help someone else have peace in their life? You say, man, I'm not God. Yeah, but we are, Scripture says we are ministers of reconciliation. We help people get right with God. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. You don't have to be an evangelist to do that. You can lead your family to Jesus. You help people get right with God. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. Mm. Is that powerful or what? So you say, well, how, how am I living proof of the resurrection? First of all, you believed. Second of all, you have a desire to serve God now. Third of all, you have a changed life. Your life has changed. I remember growing up and hearing that and say, what, is, what, what does that mean? I, I, didn't, 
have a life in the world like some people. I have my own testimony where I didn't want to obey God about the call to the ministry. But everybody was a lost sheep at one point. I wasn't born saved. Neither were you. And here is the power of God. The power of God is that he shows people your changed life. You say, well, I've been saved since I was six. I've been walking with God. Yeah, but a changed life for you would be you continually improve and get better, more humble, more honest, more pure. And that's for everybody. Did you know your calling as a believer is to get better and better? I challenge you to come out of mediocrity today. I challenge you to live like the risen Christ. You say, how? That's a crazy goal. Uh-huh. And I challenge you. Part of this I got from a man of God is becoming a real revelation to me, something I've been studying and researching. I challenge you that when it comes time to die, you say, I have no more arrows left in my quiver. I shot every single arrow. I have nothing left. Did you know that the samurai in ancient Japan, and I know you say, well, that's false religion and some of that stuff, but let me give you a great analogy. The samurai in ancient Japan, the name samurai actually means servant or deacon. And the samurai weren't worried about dying. Their only call to honor in life was, today's a great day to die as long as I serve my master in doing it. What a great analogy. There's a movie where there, there was two brothers, and one, I guess at that time in the future, he was a genetic anomaly because he wasn't perfect. They called them natural born, and they, they, they just believed they were invalid because everybody else, most of the population had been gen genetically altered to where they were perfect. Endurance, perfect skin, perfect hair, whatever. You know I haven't been <laughs> genetically altered just by looking at me. But it was crazy because these two brothers, one was natural born, and he was very flawed, and his brother was supposedly perfect. But the one who was born so underprivileged and not perfect like his brother and not genetically altered and not superior, man, he had a dream. He was inspired. And it almost seems unfair to some of you. You say, man, I have these great dreams. It seems impossible. How can I ever leave the ordinary and get there? Well, the resurrected Christ can help you get where you need to be and where he's called you to be. These guys, I'm reminded of this scene in the movie where they're swimming. And, man, the, the genetically perfect guy had always wanted everything. He was just sharp and just right. His genes were perfect. They're swimming, and they're swimming, and they're swimming, and they're racing. And the one who wasn't perfect had been practicing and practicing and practicing. And he was ahead of the perfect brother. And finally, he lets the guy catch up with him, and he just smiles at him calmly and keeps swimming. And they're swimming further and further from shore, and he beats him. And his brother, the genetically perfect one, says, what are you doing? What are you doing? What? I can barely see the shore lights. And the natural born guy, the one who's like us, born with all the flaws, he said, yeah, but it's, it's much closer to just keep swimming to the other side. And the guy said, I can't see the other side. What's your secret? How are you beating me right now? You're not supposed to be able to beat me. And look at this. The guy said, Every time I swim, I don't leave enough energy to swim back to shore. I give it everything I have. I'm, I'm not going to leave anything to eternity when I die, brothers and sisters. 
I'm going to do it right now. Every time I preach, y'all going to hear me say this. I'm going to grab the mic and rip the place down like it's my last stand. This is my last chance to preach. I better tear up the place. Because this may be someone's last time to hear the gospel. Your family member, you say, man, he's struggling, he's struggling. This may be his last chance to hear it, and he's only going to listen to you. Let's put that point up there again. Yes, it's the empty tomb, but we, you, me, we are living proof that Jesus is alive. Don't leave anything on the table. Don't, I'll do it later. I'm a natural procrastinator, but man, God's working on me in some of those areas. And there's some areas like this right here today in my element and in my calling where I'm supposed to be. I'm not going to leave anything here. So I'll deal with that later. I'll tell everybody what I meant to tell them next week. Say, well, why do you, do you do series, Pastor? No, every series that I, every part of every series, every message, man, I'm shooting the long shot for the game. And those who have played basketball with me, they know that I don't believe in a bad shot. If I'm open, I'm shooting it, man. I pass, I do. But, man, I like to shoot. Because I'm like, man, it could have gone in. I, you only missed the shots you never took. You only failed to reach the goals you never made. You say, man, I didn't quite make it. I didn't make $10 million. Well, you made 500000 That's amazing. That's 500000 more than you had. And you never would have done it had you not set a goal. That's not the most important thing in life, obviously. The most important thing in life is serving God and remembering what he did on the cross and in the resurrection for Mary Magdalene and Matthew and all the disciples, but you by name. He saw you when he was on the cross. I believe he saw your face when he resurrected and said, I'm doing this for them. Today's your day. Don't wait. Don't wait because you are living proof that Jesus is alive, start acting like it. Start living like it. May you be inspired today, but above all, may you be inspired to get back into God's Word. You can never change if you don't get into God's Word. You can never change if you don't get into God's Word. You don't just change. Word and prayer, some of the basics. Say, man, I, I just, I just I'm, not, I'm not changing, but you're not reading the Word and you're not praying. You've got to do the basics, people of God. Because you are living proof that Jesus is alive. You are you are full of a desire to serve God. You have a changed life. Someone say, I have a changed life. You do. You have some struggles. Don't beat yourself up about that. Keep swimming like the guy in the story I told you. Say, man, how, how did I get so far? You didn't leave any energy to return to shore. You said, I'm just going. I'm going to go. God's not going to let you sink. Remember Peter? Many times, and I'm going to close with this, for real. Many times people tell stories, Peter didn't have faith. But the preachers that talk like that, they never walked on water. He walked on water in stormy waters. He said, Lord, if it's you, call me and I'll come to you. You said, all right. This dude's crazy. Come on, then. Come on, you believe? Then come on. That's what Jesus is saying to you today. He's going, you believe, Domingo? Then come on. You believe, Norma? Come on. Gino? Liz, you believe? Okay. Then come on. Show the world that you believe by taking steps. I'm not going to call all your names. I want to. But man, he's saying to you, family of God, he's saying, oh, you believe? You believe I am who I said I was? You believe I am who I say that I am? Oh, man. I'm the resurrected Christ. He says, I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. All authority has been given to me. Now use my name to appropriate my authority. You have power of attorney. You can use his name. He says, come to me. Peter walked on the water before he sank. Don't you ever forget that. 
and you've been called to walk on water and keep walking on water. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. The risen Savior is in the house by his Holy Spirit. The risen Savior is amongst us by his sweet and precious and perfectly true Holy Spirit, the one who guides us into all truth. If there's anybody in this house who says, man, I don't know where to start, Pastor Matt, let's start here. If you've never acknowledged or made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you say, I've never done it. I don't know where I'm going to go when I die. I'm going to tell you right now, I choose heaven over hell. I choose to accept Jesus, and I know you do the same. So if you've never accepted him, would you raise your hand today? We're going to pray. We're going to pray for the benefit of everyone in here and on the live stream as well. I'm going to pray a prayer with you. Anyone in this house, raise your hand. You say, I do not know where I'd go. If I died today, would you raise your hand? So we'll pray. All right. All of you have accepted the Lord. We'll pray this prayer with me for those tuning in. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word. I come to you and ask you to forgive my sin. Apart from you, I'm just a sinner. I don't have righteousness on my own. Say I need your forgiveness. Please forgive me. And I thank you, Lord. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again. For me, I believe. Say, Jesus, come live within me by your Holy Spirit. Say, Jesus, you are Lord and Savior, Redeemer, God in the flesh. I believe. Say, Lord, save me because I can't save myself. In Jesus' name. It's time to stop accepting average and mediocre as okay. He's called, called you to live well. Say, well, the more money, more cars. God will bless you with all that, but that's the least important thing, really. A relationship with him. Peace. Someone say peace. You've been called to have peace and not be in turmoil. Some of you have struggled with depression and anxiety, and we're going to break that today in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. You're going to walk out of here different, but you're also going to do something different, and that is word and prayer. Nothing works apart from God. I'm going to tell you right now. Jesus, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Zero. What is zero times five zillion? Zero. You can have all these efforts and stuff in your own strength, but apart from me, Jesus said, you can do Nothing. Bow your head and close your eyes. Raise your hands to the Lord. I'm going to speak a blessing, speak life and truth over you today. Father, in Jesus' name, your people receive what you have for them. They've humbly come today and received and reached out to you. I can feel them reaching out to you the whole time I'm preaching today, God. I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that you are God. I cast out anxiety and depression once again. It will never come back. Those that did not hear that prayer earlier at the beginning of worship, you will no longer struggle with this in Jesus' name. You are a light. You have hope. You're seeing light today. There's excitement and joy, and you don't need caffeine for it. Caffeine's fun, but you don't even need that to be excited. You are free. You are whole. You are healed because Jesus, the healer, has been in the house today by his Holy Spirit and because he lives in you. Now believe. Take a deep breath with your hands raised. Take a deep breath. Bring in life. Breathe in life. Zoe life. The life of God. Zoe life. 
I believe the breath of God in the Old Testament is ruach. It's what God breathed into us as humans. Our parents, you know, our, our, our ancestors, our great-great-grandparents, Adam and Eve. But I speak the breath and life of God into you today, that you would be a new person by His Spirit, by His power. You said, I've, I've known the Lord a long time. Now it's time to live like it and be different and stand out and be who you are because you're called to be great and not mediocre. You are men and women of God. I speak life and power and hope and excitement for destiny and goals and a desire to shoot those arrows as far as they'll go. Remember, arrows always reach further than you could possibly reach. Thank you, God, for your word and your power and what you're doing. We honor you today in Jesus' name.